Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Hope you're having a wonderful week. I am so excited about this week's guest, Hannah Brown, from the Brown Eyed Unicorn podcast. She is so funny. She shares with me a run-in she had with Miss Brittany Cartwright, um, who appears very uh, heavily in this week's Vanderpump Rules episode. We also talk about Jersey and a little bit of Summer House. And stay tuned to the end because I give my thoughts on this week's Atlanta Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 82. I am here with Hannah Brown. Um, not the Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette, but Fuck much no. more important <laughs> Hannah Brown, uh, the Brown Eyed Unicorn uh, podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Hannah. Oh my God, thank you for having me, Mandy. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk Bravo with you because you are quite a connoisseur. Oh my gosh, I try. I, you know, I have to be, in the words of Danielle Staub, I have to be quite honest with you. Um, (laughs) I, I feel like my, I've had a pretty shitty internet connection for the last like two years. So for me to like watch Bravo, it's like I have to deal with a lot of buffering. So I'm not as on top of Bravo as I once was a few years ago. However, I have now downloaded the Bravo app at my boyfriend's house and he has a great internet connection and I have a house key. So I will be getting caught up on everything. Rest assured. And you live in LA, right? Yeah. How is that? Like, do you run into people all the time from these shows? I imagine that. (laughs) You do? Yeah. I mean, I do. I feel like with like the Vanderpump Rules people, I mean, they live in Valley Village. I haven't seen them. I'm in Valley Village frequently because my boyfriend lives right around there, but I haven't seen them out and about. But I, you know, if you go out in West Hollywood and go to any of the LVB 
LVP places, you'll probably find somebody. You just have to know where to go. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to ask you when I'm there in August. Uh, We'll have to meet up for a drink. But (laughs) I live in Washington, D.C. and never see anyone from Bravo. And most of the people um, who see me walk my dog and ask her name when I say Stasi think I'm talking about the East German secret police. So (laughs) that is so funny. Sad but true. So I was so excited because this past Saturday I met Kate Chastain from Below Deck. Oh, I love her. How was it? Tell me everything. Okay. So she was at a bar called Dudley's in Northern Virginia in a part of Arlington, which is a like suburb of Washington, D.C. Apparently her friend owned the bar. I have no idea why she was in the D.C. area, but there was this like random meet and greet and then they auctioned off her book which I didn't know she had written a book I have a friend Jody um who's been on the podcast before shout out to Jody and Jody (laughs) Jody had the book she owned it she was like yeah what does that say about me that I already own her book and I uh, apparently the book is a work of fiction but it's loosely based on Kate's experience yachting and so we go and you know Jody brings the book to get signed and I have nothing mm-hmm. to like ask her so I hand her my jacket and ask her if she can make it into a rocket ship <laughs> oh my god that is genius Mandy I live for you right now and she laughed so hard and then she That's did so she like I <gasps> she had like well she goes well it's funny that you have like a fur around the like top you know? <laughs> like, oh my god like, wait so did you get a picture the of the rocket ship so some other person was like taking the photo and <laughs> didn't get the best but I'll, I'll post i posted on instagram and yeah well it's it's special but she was so funny so number one she has a major problem with hannah from below deck med mm-hmm. she called her a cunt Okay, you know what? <laughs> Hannah, Hannah to Hannah. I had an experience with Hannah Burner last year after Countess and Friends at the Abbey, and she was a cunt, so I can attest to it. Okay, good to yeah. know. So mm-hmm. she, Kate also says that Hannah very much embarrasses herself on this coming season of Below Deck <gasps> Med and does something horrible, and everyone will see her true colors. No well, idea what that exciting. is. Then we talked about Captain Sandy because I had Captain Sandy on the podcast once and she was like, I love Captain Sandy. She's super crazy, but she's like the fun kind of crazy, like the kind of yes. crazy that you want to be around. And so then I was yes. like, well, what about her girlfriend? She's in this like, super serious relationship. She's like, her girlfriend is really dumb, but really <gasps> hot. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I kind of love that for Captain Sandy. Like I do too. I, Captain Sandy gives me the energy of like your fun aunt that you're actually excited yes. to see at Christmas and or Hanukkah, what have you. And I want her to have a hot girlfriend. Ideally, I'd want her to be smart as well. But, you know, I want Sandy to live her bliss. And they're like really into spirituality and God and like all Mm. wonderful things Mm. and yeah Mm. so that was really fun I'm trying to remember anything if she said anything else it was it was so interesting because there weren't that many people there and more than half the people at the bar had no idea what was happening and didn't know who she was that's hysterical (laughs) we were like having drinks chatting you know 
she just moved to New York. So the next day she had, or two days later, she announced that she was done with Below Deck and was going to be in New York for the foreseeable future. So Wow. Yeah. Boots on the ground. <laughs> Boots on the goddamn ground. ground. Well, okay, so like I used to be obsessed with Below Deck, and once I didn't have a good internet connection and like a proper DVR anymore, I fell off of it. And I have heard that that is a huge mistake because I've heard the last season, last couple seasons are pretty great. So I just want to cozy up and like get caught up. And you should watch with your boyfriend because most guys really like that show. Oh my gosh, my boyfriend is recently obsessed with Vanderpump Rules. Like he yes. like was like keeper. Yes, he's obsessed. He watches it without me though, and so he's right now simultaneously watching the current season and season two. And I was like, he's like a few episodes away from the slap in season oh two, and God. I was like, if you fucking watch the slap episode without me, I will over. literally be mad at you. Like we will not be speaking. I'll go full dark passenger, as Stassi <laughs> would say. Love that. Yeah. Uh, before we get into this week's Vanderpump Rules, which there is a lot to talk about, wanted uh, to go over some of the latest stories from the Bravo mm-hmm. universe. So mm-hmm. there were two shootings at Bravo-owned either establishments or houses in the last week. On Friday, Whoa. on Valentine's Day, three people were shot at the Old Lady Gang, which is the <laughs> restaurant owned by Candy and Todd. Nobody <laughs> died. They don't know who did it. Apparently, there's like $2,000 being um, given for anyone that has tips. But I clearly it was like scorned lovers because it was Valentine's Day and like a guy came in and shot another guy who was there with a girl. Whoa. Crazy, right? And then yesterday, there's a rapper named Pop Smoke who I Mm -hmm. had not heard of, um, Mm -hmm. who was murdered in his Hollywood Hills home that he was renting from guess oh my god the maloofs who is Teddy it mellencamp and her husband <gasps> yeah. oh yeah god so that Teddy is dark. had to like make an official statement about what happened like she didn't know what happened oh my god crazy that this is very dark for the bravo universe i have very to say dark oh uh, my god if you owned a home and someone got murdered in it what would you do with the home <laughs> Like, I would evacuate it, and then I would <laughs> promote that it was haunted, and then I would sell it to Stassi, Stassi Schroeder. Yes! Oh, so smart. <laughs> yeah. And it's in Hollywood Hills, where she already is interested in living. Yes, yes. I would be like, here you go, Stassi. It's super-duper haunted. And then I would, like, rig it. Like, when I showed her around, I would rig it so that, like, ghostly things would happen. But I would just get some of my, like, old theater friends who are good at, like, special effects to, like, make the house seem haunted even if it wasn't actually. And I'd be like, here you go. Hand over two million. Get one of those mirrors where, like, you look in and you, like, see something in the background. Yes. it's not. uh... (laughs) I'm scared thinking about it. And speaking of houses, this is the last piece of news. Apparently, Joe Gorga posted on Instagram this house that he had flipped, but uh, the actual owners of the house were like, yeah, no, that was definitely not like him. And then you could find the stock photos online. And so he blamed it on the kid who was running his social media. Oh, well, that's fucked up, Joe. Like, we know, we all know that it's not the kid who's running. Also, why do you have a child running your social media? I mean, like, what do you mean by like kid? I mean, like 21. I call anyone who's like that a child, but they're not. Oh, same, same. I call every girl on The Bachelor a child. They are. They are. Gross. <laughs> I mean, they have to pay extra when they rent a car. 
you don't actually pay the normal price till you're 25. You're right. I do feel like that's like a true mark of adulthood. <laughs> right? If you're not 25, you should not be on The Bachelor. I'm just not no. interested in watching you. No. And I prefer 30 or older. Same. 100%. They make they're the best. I know. And I feel like when I was in my early 20s, I would like go for like older guys and be like, I'm so mature. And now that I'm like 28, which like is not old at all but like you know I'm in the second half of my 20s and I'm closer to 30 I get so irrationally irritated when dudes date like really fucking young girls because I'm like those girls need a second to like find themselves and like experience life without being weighed down by a man definitely oh I'm all there and when I was like 19 I dated a guy who was maybe 22 23 and he was in Mm -hmm. law school and I was an undergrad Mm-hmm. And just looking back, like, why would you want to date an undergrad when you're in law school? Like, I couldn't go to bars with him and his friends. I, I mean, yeah. he used, like, a fake ID, but that was always, like, you know. <laughs> it was scary. It was like, is this going to work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like, why was he interested? That's so bizarre looking back. I like, mean, you I thought like, it was excited cool. about it. Yeah, totally. You know, I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm over college, boys. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You're like, you guys are losers. I'm going to go date a guy in law school. He has his own apartment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. There were a lot of, like, pros on your end, but I feel like, but I mean, obviously, obviously it's a privilege to date you, but I do think the fact that you couldn't get into bars would pose a challenge, like, in dating somebody younger than you. Right? It didn't last, yeah. like, more than two months, but still. Looking back, I was like, oh, interesting. What, what a time. Well, let's get into this week's Vanderpump Rules because there's so much to go into. Before we get into the pastor of it all, Mm -hmm. uh, there are two things I wanted to point out. One is that Max and Dana became official, although no one seems to care. Dana came Uh out as bisexual. And then second, Mm -hmm. we get to witness James basically verbally abuse Raquel, which was really painful to watch. I love James. I'm a huge fan of James on the show. I find him very funny. But he was really manipulative in a scary way. Yeah, I have been really darked out um, by the way that James has talked to Raquel these last couple weeks. And, like, we all know that, like, James has a dark side. Who in this world doesn't? And especially who on this show doesn't. But, like, their relationship has a sinister energy to it that, like, is distracting and like frightening to watch like I feel like I need to intervene somehow but I can't yeah and you since it happened like six months ago or more like eight months ago you want to go back in time and fix everything yeah it's so sad and and seeing how easily manipulated Raquel is and how she's like okay well sure I mean like it's it's really hard and I honestly think like I don't even remember the particulars of that scene because I literally think I like turned my brain down like I was like I don't think I can actually absorb how fucked up this relationship is and be okay so I'm gonna like go on my phone and like half pay attention. He was angry with whatever she said and it was over her being invited to Peter's birthday party but James not being invited because Peter wants to be a good groomsman to Jax and takes his job as a groomsman very seriously which goes into the theme of this week's episode which is this like pattern of protecting Jax and Brittany at all costs from what? From a complete blow up because they meltdown when anyone questions anything about their relationship about their wedding about their life choices they can't handle any 
conflict and it's terrifying it's so dark I like I truly I recorded my podcast this morning and I was like I will not watch a show in which these two morons are celebrated. Like my rage for them is getting out of control to the point where like, it's not fun for me. It's just like, it's, it's too much to handle. And why are people like, people are rewriting what happened. So Uh what happened was like about over a year ago in real life, someone had been looking at, Britney's childhood pastor and some comments he had made on social media. There was an article written in a tabloid and Britney was asked about it on Watch What Happens Live and said that her and Jax talked to him. He like promised he didn't hate gay people. And oh my God. Everything was okay. And all of the girls are clapping for Britney on Watch What Happens Live with the exception of Ariana. And they re and I remember this very clearly because they had all the women of Vanderpump Rules on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I remember her like not smiling for that. And they replayed it on this week's episode. And so I do think people should have brought it up again in the six months that it took between that moment and when this happened on yeah. the show, which is like more stories came out because people, all you have to do is go on someone's like Facebook and like search for words. You know, it's not that hard to find, you know, a pastor in Kentucky from this particular kind of church that wrote a lot of really horrible things. Right, right. Oh, man. I was very frustrated actually to listen to Kristen because she didn't talk about it on the show, but on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, she said um, that he had been quoting Bible verses, which he may have been, but those weren't the verses that were in all of the tabloids. He was commenting on the Supreme Court passing marriage equality. Right. I know I, you know, I listened to that episode too, because obviously, you know, we love Danny and I do love Kristen too. Oh, me but too. I was, really, I was so disappointed to see, it's just disappointing to see how an entire cast of people can turn a blind eye to like hard fact and that Tom and Ariana are getting this villain edit when like they're the only ones that have the balls to like stand up for what they, what they believe in, even if that means that they're not liked by you know, fans of Bravo who are like, you know, Trump supporters and like and like other people on the show. It's so funny because while I think Jackson and Brittany thought Tom and Ariana would get the villain edit, I actually think they come out looking much better, although that depends on your vantage point. Right. So I thought they looked like they had principle and that they were good friends who really cared about their friends getting married feelings, but also were concerned about, you know, like standing up in a wedding where the person overseeing the wedding is against who they are as people and specifically Ariana, who identifies as bisexual. So I didn't think they came across as like, especially Ariana, as overly judgmental about like this pastor how they got in this situation they're just wondering why it took until lisa vanderpump called them for them to take action now well and yeah yeah. lisa vanderpump who's what an executive producer of the show they're all on like i just i like to me i i think like i would argue that 
you know, Lala's like, the only question you should be asking Brittany right now is how are you? And I'm like, I would argue that if you're truly friends with somebody, you should be able to have an open conversation where you're like, hey, um, I don't know if you're not aware of this, but this is what this is. This is how this comes off. And also at this point, they're all famous enough and have enough money riding on the deals and the they, the deals they have from the platform of the show that like they all have something to protect. So, you know, from a moral standpoint, standing up in that wedding is fucked up if the pastor is, you know, that type of person. Like, I wouldn't want to be in that wedding either. And also it's like, who wants to align themselves with that type of person in any way? You know what I mean? Definitely. I think what's interesting is that Brittany brought up kind of being stuck between two worlds. Like, the world she grew up mm-hmm. in in Kentucky, where there are a lot of people who have different values, who, um, you know, are anti-LGBT, who have different political beliefs than her. And she loves those people, right? And mm-hmm. they're her community, and that's who she grew up with, but she feels differently. And then she goes to L.A., where, you know, most of the people that she's surrounded by have the same opinions as her and thoughts as her. So she's trying not to, like rock the boat too much but I I don't know I mean I know people who think differently than me as well but I don't compromise what I believe when it's my time and my event at like for anyone else exactly a hundred percent so I I think a lot of people can empathize with her because most Americans, particularly white Americans, like have someone in their family who disagrees with them politically. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Like in terms of Trump supporters, you know, and I think people can really identify. And I think at a wedding, it's so hard because you do want to make people happy. You want to make your parents happy. My family went through this when my brother got married, trying to like appease my mom and making the wedding Jewish enough, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, things like that. But this just really felt, I don't know, it it felt different. And it for me, the part was like not being able to ask questions is what I thought the problem was. They'd, yes. You know, but I could also see why everyone was pissed that Tom brought it up after they had come up with a solution. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I feel like the solution to me – I mean, I, I also thought it was ridiculous. I think just pulling Lance Bass out of your ass is like a big old, you know, rainbow pop star band-aid on, on the entire situation. And I think it was incredibly exploitative and self-serving. Um, and I don't, and I agree with what James said, uh, overcompensating took way too long. Like, I just, I'm like, why did it take this long to fix it? Like, I, mean, I know it gets yeah. awkward when it's a family friend, but, like, tough titties, fire the guy. No one's saying he can't come to your wedding, but does he get to be, you know, at the forefront of it? No. And I really think that there's something about Brittany where part of her charm and part of her coping mechanisms just for daily life is to keep her head in the sand. So mm-hmm. part of me believes that she truly doesn't look too far into people which is how she ended up with Jax I mean she's not smart I'm just gonna say it Mm -hmm. you know I mean part of it's not smart but part of it is like willful ignorance yeah that's true you know like she has a level of willful ignorance I think she gets what's going on with the pastor I think she chose not to listen or pay attention because she liked who he was as a person she said he was a good family man she knew the family her mom still goes to this church you know 
that mm-hmm. but can we talk about her mom for a minute sherry oh lord yeah sure Sherry <laughs> has been married four times four Sherry has been married four times and she's also said homophobic things on the show before. So like, I'm just, I'm not the biggest Sherry fan. Um, yeah. I mean, they definitely want her to be famous because they made money off of the Jackson Brady tape Kentucky show. Cause they were all cast on it. Yeah. Like they, she sees her daughter as a cash cow. I know she loves her daughter, but if you've been married four times, I don't think you get to decide like, what marriage should be <laughs> right like how, like, <laughs> like you, you don't really get to give advice at that point right. I'm like, hey, like here's you, how to do it well yeah like you clearly don't value it in the same way if you've done it for I'm not I'm not saying people should never get divorced right. at all but usually people who don't get di- who get divorced aren't like you know judging everyone else's relationships or saying right. you know like oh it's so bad to be gay and exactly it's like, oh, I don't know. What if two people are gay and they've been married for like 40 years? Isn't that better? Like for the yeah. institution of marriage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like, the, that's what frustrates me sometimes about, you know, Sherry adjacent people in this world is just, I feel like the values cancel themselves out a lot of the time. Like, it's like you can tout your beliefs around when it's convenient for you. But then, you know, like I, I'm, you know, I'm reading Jessica Simpson's book and I don't know a ton about the Bible, but I think you're not supposed to get divorced and Sherry's gotten divorced like several times. So it's like, that's, that's the exception because it's convenient for you, but then you have a problem with gay marriage. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't understand it. It's tough. It's tough. And well, like Jack said, he doesn't care what your beliefs are. Just don't post them on social media, (laughs) which is so (laughs) fucked up. I mentioned this on my show too. It's like, I don't care if you, if you hate gay people, just, you know, don't talk about it on social media and everything's fine i'm like you're a moron i wonder uh, what lance also, bass like, thinks of all of this i and i i say this every week on my show and i'm a broken record and i'm sorry everyone but like i just seeing people this ignorant make this much money is really tough for me you yeah. know it's really hard and i just i'm like I either want to see them change, educate themselves and become better people, which I think is a very tall order, especially for Jackson Brittany, or I would like to see the house of cards fall and to see them be humbled because I can't take this shit. I know. I think, I don't know. There's, there's something up with Jax and like an inability, like he like as a child somehow like missed developing coping mechanisms to any Mm -hmm. sense of adversity so Mm -hmm. he just like anytime he's questioned about anything he either lies or screams or just blocks people and it's just like I'm not talking about this I'm not doing this just avoids any sort of responsibility and he's trying to do it like he tried to basically press the block button on Sandoval Right. Sandoval's in person and a friend and asking him a question. I even wrote down like how he should have handled it. And <laughs> on Twitter, tell me were like, well, because Katie was trying to explain like that they had already decided to get rid of the pastor by the time Lisa called them. Uh-huh. And then Lisa was the one who like they, they figured out Lance Bass together or something. But like mm-hmm. she it's not like Brittany and Jax didn't come to the conclusion like they they made the decision prior to Lisa and that was like they were frustrated how it was aired didn't make it look that way mm-hmm. and I was like all ja- I said Jack's totally overreacted to Sandoval's question 
All he had to say was, and I know he would never say this, but like, I hear your concerns. We had them too. We decided not to use the pastor prior to Lisa calling. And it's an unfortunate situation during a really stressful time. So I'd appreciate your support for our decision. That is beautiful, Mandy. (laughs) Mandy, I tell you what. I should write PR statements for people. Jax should get that tattooed on his arm. How about that? I I mean, yeah, I just, that's what frustrates me is like, nobody is perfect. And I can understand that being on a reality show, all of your issues and all of your insecurities and all your problems are put on, put out there on a huge scale. There is a reason I have never wanted to do a reality show in my life. That being said though, you don't get to just make the money off of Instagram and, only enjoy the good parts of reality TV. You need to understand that there are going to be times where people don't fucking like you or people take you to task for shit you say and do and how you handle it ultimately reveals your character as a human being, in my opinion. And Jax's character we know is subpar. He's fully sociopathic. (laughs) Yeah. And Brittany doesn't even have a grip on the English language. I mean, she's like, I saw it. And like, when last You're so good at Brittany's accent. Oh my God, thank you. Wait, She's like, do it again. Fuck you, Sandoval. Fuck you. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God. Knock him the fuck out. Like, yeah, yes. accent, <laughs> it hurts my ears. How oh, I actually really like her accent. I find it charming. Oh my but God. If See, you took her I, accent I, away, who would she be? Well, that I had an experience with Brittany where she was rather rude to me. And I just want to say, she might have a charming accent. Doesn't mean she's a nice person. I think she really leans hard into the country bumpkin, like oh, of it all. And I'm just kind of like, wait, tired what was your experience with her? What? What was your experience with her? Oh, my experience with her was I was in line at Tom Tom with my friend Amanda. We were going to get a beverage of the alcoholic persuasion, and. Britney's dad goes up to us. This was like last summer, like shortly before the wedding. She was there with like Mama and like her dad and Sherry and like the <laughs> family. And her dad goes up to us, like me and my friend, because we're two young girls in line at Tom Tom. He goes, "Hey, do y'all watch Vanderpump Rules?" And we're like, "Uh huh." He's like, "Well, you know, that's my daughter Britney over there. Well, would you mind taking a picture of the family?" And like, and then you can get a picture with Brittany. And I want to be like, "No, sir, Don, I'm good on a picture with Brittany, but sure." <laughs> So I'm like, Amanda, why don't you take the photo? You have a steadier hand than me. So Amanda's like, okay, and like takes the photo. And he's like, now you two get in there with Brittany. And Brittany's like, and Sherry goes to get up. And Brittany looks at us like with daggers in her eyes. And is like, no, mom, I don't want you getting up for them. I don't want you getting up. And I was, I want to be like, bitch, I don't even want a picture with you. Your dad forced me. So then we just weirdly stood next to Sherry and Brittany and got a picture. And I was like, congrats on the wedding. And she's like, thank you. Like she had like a tone. And I was like, I hadn't even talked a lot of shit about her on a public scale at that point. So I'm like, you don't know who the fuck I am. You're just being rude. That's really upsetting. I feel like she's probably, he might've caught her on a bad day. But But I was like, if you don't want to take pictures with fans, why are you at Tom Tom? That's true. That's very true. I think I think there's it's hard to have it both ways. I do think people can have bad days and I I get that, but you know, I don't I'm wondering if it was around the wedding and she was just like in a bad mood Maybe, because of yeah, like that's all true. this stuff. You know. Yeah. But I'm also like take that up with your dad because I'd be fucking pissed if right. my dad was like take pictures with fans. I'd be like fuck no dad, stop. My dad would not be able to comprehend the fact that people watched a show I was on. No. He would be like, (laughs) my dad's favorite show, his two favorite shows, 
Well, he likes Better Call Saul, but he also likes this show on National Geographic called um, Life Below Zero. And it's a reality show where it follows people who live above the Arctic Circle. And (laughs) they live like in like really small, like without barely any heat. And they like skin like bears to like get fur to keep warm. Oh, (laughs) sure. Survivalist stuff. And so when I told him that I was going to start this reality TV podcast, he's like, oh my gosh, I watch reality TV. You're like not that kind of reality TV like, pops. No, Dad, that's that's not it. He also, when he found out about the premise of The Bachelor, mm-hmm. um, one of my friends was explaining it to him while we were all watching once, and he had no idea that they all lived like together, and were all mm-hmm. dating the same person, and those two things, and then they didn't have their phones, and he was like, and my dad's Russian, and he was like, mm-hmm. they're sequestered, <laughs> like. <laughs> like this is like the OJ trial. <laughs> like they're all together Truly. and they don't know what's happening in the real world. <laughs> yes. I mean, probably as like a father to you, he's probably just deeply concerned for the well being of all these girls, which like, you know, rightfully so. It he's just like looks at it like, so why do they do this? And right. then he explains like well, there's, you know, I was like, some people raise their daughters to think that they have to get married and that's the only way that they'll, like, achieve anything in their life. And also, they, like, become influencers after. And he didn't know what that was. He Then we got him on Instagram that night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, like, totally had, like, a rabbit hole moment with your dad. I love this. Totally. He was just, like, it's so funny. That was, like, um, he is now engaged, but he was dating this woman, and one of my guy friends explained to him what Netflix and chill was. <laughs> That's so funny. He laughed for, like, two hours. <laughs> like, he, oh, my gosh. What if, what if then your dad becomes, like, a so like from your Instagram conversation, he becomes like a social media like genius, and he's like the most famous person on TikTok. Like by next year, I could make incredible TikToks of him. He's one of the most funny. He's like a mix of like Eugene Levy and Robert De Niro with wow, a Russian what a accent. Dream combo, like a very incredible. like awkward but funny, but very sweet, but does CrossFit with twenty five year olds. <laughs> incredible what an icon of a person and and met a woman on our time.com and (laughs) just like him trying to date and like (laughs) he hasn't since he was 25 since my mom who who passed away and so he was like trying to figure out how to do it and I was like helping him with his posts and and then he was like well how do I reply (laughs) it was just like this like whole thing oh Um, my god and finally someone fell for his charm and just like that he wasn't you know he was just really honest and he wasn't trying to be like a player and she was like great a real guy Oh, that's cute. Very oh, I'm adorable. happy for him. That's they cute. They have a Hallmark movie of their love story. It's very cute. Yes. I love um, that. Anything else on Vanderpump? Um, Let's see. I mean, other than like how heated I got about this entire episode, you <laughs> know. I'm so angry. But I loved, wait, there was a part where I laughed out loud. And that only happens like every so often when I'm watching yeah. Bravo by myself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it was Kristen in the batting cage. So good. I wanted to like pee my pants. I was laughing so hard at Ariana laughing at her. It's just it's she's like a baby giraffe. I know we needed like the court jester in that tense scene. We needed those moments to breathe. And Dodie did not disappoint. She rarely does. And I loved when Ariana was like, I want to make a baseball card out of you and lab yes. laminate it and put it in a box. <laughs> 
was so amazing. I love Ariana. I just love her more and more every season. She's delightful. I love her. She's she's so cool. And I appreciate her talking about mental health and like just being honest. Um, Today, actually, she came out with there was a story about her and uh, the melanoma that she had removed and how Mm -hmm. she couldn't afford to see a dermatologist back when she originally spotted something. And whenever she was at urgent care for something, she would ask like, hey, what about this mole? And they're like, it's probably nothing if it's not growing. And then when she finally, you know, started making more money and someone I think DM'd her who was a dermatologist and was like, who watched the show and was like, Mm -hmm. you you should get that mole on your shoulder checked out. Mm-hmm. And she then did, and it ended up being melanoma, and she had to like <laughs> have surgery that was more invasive than just removing. Like she had to get lymph nodes removed. Shit. Yeah, it was stage one, and how she oh feels like had she had insurance and stuff, and like more education about it, maybe she could have got it diagnosed earlier. So, but I mean, glad they caught it. But that was also what she thinks led to some of her depression getting worse. Oh. That totally makes sense. Oh, I just love her because I feel like she's one of the only people on the show at this point who keeps it real. And I have to say, like, as much as I love like Lala's like aspirational journey of becoming like a full on like Hollywood, you know, (laughs) woman, a list woman. I really miss the days where she just didn't give a fuck what anyone else on the show thought of her and just said what she thought. And now I just kind of feel like she's like drinking the witches of WeHo Kool-Aid and I don't really enjoy it. I would say the witches of WeHo are drinking her Kool-Aid. That's a fair that's a fair assessment because it behooves them to drink said Kool-Aid. So that yeah, they make it seem as if it's the other way around, but I don't think Lala has compromised who she is for them. They've had to compromise their views on her. That's fair. I hear you. I just want her to be messy again. And I really just like it better when she supports Ariana than when she supports Britney. Because that's clearly a personal bias that I have. And I don't know why I'm so deeply triggered by Britney, but I am. So that's something I'll have to work through with my (laughs) therapist on my own time. She wouldn't let her mom stand for you. (laughs) She wouldn't let her mom stand for me. Listen, really, it was she was so tootie. And I like already had issues well before that. I just found her to be annoying and opportunistic. But now I'm like, it's personal, Britney. It's personal. (laughs) personal oh my gosh should we get into new jersey oh sure oh my gosh this was one of the best episodes of the entire season i laughed i was shocked i they're at the jersey shore and brian j moylan who does the best recaps on vulture i actually signed up to subscribe to New York Magazine and Vulture today just to read all of his rehabs because I think oh they limited it to like four a month. And I was like, that's not enough for me. Yeah. Um, I tweeted at him. He was so lovely about it too. Love that. He's he's so great. He was saying on, uh, I forgot which podcast, because um, he's writing this book about the housewives and the history of it, that on Jersey, uh. the guys are the only ones who are paid, like yes. of the men. And so they go on vacation. They like hang out with each other. But they're so fun to watch. The husbands of New Jersey. Oh, man. I love them. And honestly, I love that Bill Aiden had a chance to shine this week. He was so funny. Bill Aiden, who clearly does not drink very often and never seems to drink to excess, ends up getting so drunk and like on a boat outside in the sun that they have to carry him to his bed. 
carry him, all of them together. Meanwhile, the rest of them are like full on like frat brother animals, specifically Joe Gorga and Frank Catania. They're like, yeah. And Bill's just trying to keep up and he cannot. And it's really endearing, honestly. So endearing. He was so funny. You know who can keep up? Jackie. Who? Jackie in that beer drinking contest. Oh I really like doing God. an impression of Jackie. I like her lisp. Oh, do an impression. Say, say, uh, uh, like, challenge me to a beer drinking contest. Okay. <laughs> I challenge all of you at this table that I can drink a beer the fastest. Oh, you're good. Thank you. It's a really subtle lisp that I really like to lean into. Do you think she's always had that lisp or it's due to her lip injections, which appear to be some of the only, like, plastic surgery she's getting Mm, I think she's always had it I think it's cute though like I think Emma Stone has a similar lisp and like I'm into that one too oh Emma's adorable as well yeah so Jackie doing this beard that's kind of like how the episode starts they're at dinner and Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jackie basically challenges anyone at the table to to drink a beer faster than her and Joe Gorga tries. I think her husband Evan tries. Someone mm-hmm. else tries, but she clearly wins. Teresa and tries and like epically fails. Th- Teresa, that was me. That's like how I am drinking beer. Like you yeah. get like two <laughs> sips in and you're like, oh my God, I can't finish this whole thing. <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. Um, That was fun. I feel like Jackie is more fun than they've been showing her to be. Yes. And I'm glad to see it. Yeah, they do make her out to be like super fucking uptight, but I liked seeing her, you know, let loose in the in the Jersey Shore, like take her tits out during mini golf. I was like, you go, Jackie, live your best life. She is living her best life. Her husband is hot. He's so hot. And he really seems hot. to really like her, which is great. Yeah. You know, it's always funny to see those relationships where you're like, oh, I think they get along. <laughs> yeah, I think they actually really like each other. <laughs> As opposed to like so many of the marriages and like, the other shows and you're like they hate each other totally so that was fun and then there's this epic fight at the steakhouse that they're at where it starts with like this beer chugging contest Jackie does a great job Jennifer is like so you can like chug you can like suck on a bottle but you like won't suck a dick Oh my god! This I'm like, like Jennifer. The second time in like three episodes that yeah. or two episodes that like Jennifer and Bill's sex life has or someone's sex life has been discussed. It's like just let it go. Right. And instead, Margaret gets more frustrated. Jennifer, uh, I mean Jackie, just kind of like shuts up. But yeah. Margaret takes up her fight with Jennifer, and they just like start screaming at each other. Yeah. What did you think of all of that? Um, I mean, I was certainly entertained by it. Um, I think Jennifer's comment was like from a reality TV standpoint, I obviously love when she runs her mouth, but like I, from a human standpoint, I was just like, Jennifer, shut the fuck up. Who cares? And I appreciated why Margaret was irritated with Jennifer, but I also, I don't know, like I really understood both sides because like, I think being an at home mom, especially like what five kids is definitely a job. Um, and and I think. Yeah, oh, go ahead. it all like went back to I forgot like the previous episode 
where like Margaret was trying to connect with Teresa over legal bills and how they both have to work to pay their legal bills. And then Jennifer was like, well, her situation is different because her husband's in jail and like you have your husband, which is true, was probably didn't need to be pointed out at that moment. Right. And then there was this fight over like what is work and like work outside the home versus work in the home. And Jennifer's never had a job where she got paid, but she is the mom of five kids. And I don't think she has a lot of help at home. So she's doing a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been really lit on therapy lately, as I think, you know, everyone should be. And I have been trying to get better at like identifying like why I'm triggered by a person or a situation. And I think Margaret is like triggered by Jennifer in that like Margaret's in the middle of this like, you know, what is it like lawsuit or court case or whatever. And then, you know, has never really had like a traditional mother figure and has really had to like work her ass off for everything she has. And then I think from Margaret's perspective, she sees Jennifer, who, you know, doesn't have to like clock into a job, is married to this rich guy, has like a pretty traditional family. So I think there might be even a little bit of jealousy on Margaret's end that she's not even like able to identify in this moment. But I also understand why Jennifer is super frustrated because, yeah, like being around kids all day, every day has to be exhausting and pose its challenges. It was just too far. I thought when Jennifer started questioning Margaret as a mother, because that's like everyone knows like how hard that is. So, you know, she's like, I don't know what type of mother you are, but I'm a very hands-on mother. And like Marge has a strange, really strained relationship with her stepchildren because she cheated on their father. The father forgave her, but the stepchildren have not. And it's not great still. And that's like a source of pain for Margaret. So why why bring it up? You can be frustrated with her without going that low. I totally agree. And I think like we know this from like seasons and seasons of Housewives that you really just like it is a you don't go in on the children and you don't talk about the type of parent that somebody is because it's really none of your fucking business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was it, just like, Jen, no. And then as Margaret's leaving, so she's wearing this like leopard print getup and she has like hair extensions in and <laughs> and Jennifer shouts like something about Fred you look like Fred Flintstone your outfit yeah. or like Fred Flintstone yeah. wants, wants his outfit back yes that was pretty epic that was funny I thought it was funny but I'm also like that's rich coming from you Jennifer when you look like Captain Hook in some of your confessionals like what are you talking about she, okay yesterday there was a very quick like during Jersey or during summer house maybe a very quick like tonight on watch what happens live and it was a live shot of her and erica jane getting ready Mm -hmm. and she didn't have any lip liner or lipstick on when that Mm -hmm. was happening she looked like a different human being did she look beautiful though i feel like she'd be really pretty i think she's pretty but it was like hard to tell the difference between her lips and her like that's wild and it was i didn't know who it was That is insane. I want to like try and find a picture of Jennifer without makeup on now. It's definitely that has to be on Twitter. Oh my gosh. Iconic. Probably. I mean, I, I love Jennifer, but then it reminded me of that whole like monkey's asshole comment about her lip liner. Monkey's (laughs) asshole. Yeah. So, oh, Margaret. So funny. So Marge leaves dinner early. Jackie and Melissa go and their husbands all go. And that's like, boring. Just stay yeah. and like figure it out. Um, 
The next day, there's mini golfing, parasailing. The guys get shit-faced, deep-sea fishing. But then the, like, kicker to the episode is the smoothie date between Danielle and Melissa, where the major bomb is dropped. Melissa's like, none of us want to be your friend anymore. You got violent. You pulled Marge's hair. And she's like, I was influenced to pull Marge's hair by Stephen Dan, the shop owner, and Teresa... And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, right. And then that's what I thought. They showed the footage proving Danielle is not lying. I was shooketh. I was like, what? Huh? Oh, my God. Where do you think this is going to go for the reunion? Because next week is the finale and then the reunion starts. I mean, they have to bring Danielle to the reunion at some point. Of course, yeah. And this is definitely going to draw a huge wedge. I mean, it's going to alienate Teresa from the rest of the group, which I think is going to be hard for Melissa to navigate for sure because she's always in a weird space or like in a weird space feeling like she's between Teresa and the other women as her sister-in-law. And I also think like, like that's an objectively shitty thing to egg someone as batshit crazy as Danielle on to yank Margaret's ponytail But it's also like I think the whole season people have been trying to be super um, sensitive to Teresa with everything she's going through. They've been doing it for five years. Yeah. So I feel like the fallout of this is not going to be pretty and I really can't wait to watch. I worry that Mm -hmm. people are still going to take Teresa's side and they're going to say she didn't think it would be pulling it like that like pulling her hair across the room and giving her whiplash they thought it would be like I don't know but you're dealing with Danielle so if anyone like that's the problem is that Danielle takes everything too far and it is her who made the decision of how far to go so even if she was egged on but like I can see other people coming to her defense. I can see Dolores coming to her defense and I can see Jennifer coming to her defense. Yeah, that is sort of where the divide lies. Um, I mean, I will say I said this on my podcast and I'm sure that, you know, people aren't always going to with me. I will say if someone threw water on me, I can't promise that I wouldn't pull their hair too, but I would do it immediately. I wouldn't need Steven Dan to tell me to do it. And you know, <laughs> I've never physically fought with someone who's not my older sister when I was a child in my entire life. But like if like Margaret needs to not throw shit at people and then expect someone as unhinged as Danielle to not react. Like it's a lot. I'm not trying to justify the hair pulling. I don't want that to be what I'm saying. But like what was weird is that, yeah, that we all thought it just came from Danielle because it's completely within her character to do something like that. So for Steve and Dan of all people and then Teresa to piggyback on it to influence her was just like truly the shock of the century. Such a shock. It's totally going to change how I thought the reunion would go. And now we know that Teresa and Danielle aren't friends. And it's clearly because Danielle mentioned this. And Teresa doesn't want to be looked at as like the person that drove Danielle to be violent and encouraged it. Yeah. And it's like I could see people being more upset with Danielle for like throwing Teresa under the bus than for Danielle like actually doing the act of hurting somebody physically. I mean, I have to say though, like it's like you're on a fucking reality show, Teresa. Like if you don't want to be taken a task for that, then you shouldn't have fucking done it. And honestly, like 
props to Danielle for bringing that shit up on camera because I was getting a little bored and this just revved my Real Housewives of New Jersey engine and I'm just excited for the finale because Teresa's going to lose her shit when she's approached about it. I am so excited. But part of me wonders, okay, hear me out. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the housewives have gotten away with stirring the pot off screen and we never find this kind of stuff out. Yes. So like I think Teresa thought she wouldn't be taken to task because she's done stuff like this in the past to self-produce. Yes. Yeah, of course. Go pull her hair, you know, and then no one would ever catch that she had said it. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff with the Real Housewives of Dallas where Leanne had never been taken to task. So the women thought that they would never air the racist comments that Leanne made because she clearly done stuff in prior seasons that was never aired. So why would they, you know, expose her this time? And that is fascinating to me to see Housewives, like, get exposed. I don't know if the you know, production crew is getting smarter and better or if they realize yeah. that like that breaking that fourth wall is what we watch for. Like we love it. Yes. I, I think it's more necessary at this point with these shows that have been around for so long and with, you know, the stars on the Bravo celebrities on them who have been doing them for so long because yeah, at this point, you know, the cast of Vanderpump Rules, the housewives, they all know that this is a business. They know what it takes to make a good show So, you know, and since they're all making a paycheck at this point, a pretty big one. Yeah, of course you want to see someone pull someone's hair on Real Housewives of New Jersey. That's why we watch it. So, like, I, I, yeah, it is. I think they have to address the breaking of the fourth wall at this point because we're all aware that they're all aware of exactly what the fuck is going on as far as, like, how the show is produced. But it makes it so much more interesting as a viewer. I love it. That's my favorite. I love it, too. The only reason, I mean, there's two reasons that I still watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette. One is to know the lineup for Bachelor in Paradise. But number two is to, like, guess what was said to the women or the men by producers in order to get them to behave the way they're behaving. Because it doesn't doesn't just happen out of nowhere. People aren't just losing their minds out of nowhere. I'm like, how long were they awake? What, you know, what other deprivations were they put through where they start crying? Oh, my crying. God, yeah. You know, I'm always thinking of that. And so with housewives, it's sometimes like, hmm, did anyone put them up for this? How did this happen? And to see it exposed is so fascinating and way more interesting. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need it to be like, like, yeah, I want to know about the behind the scenes dirtiness. Like, I liked the show Unreal for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of unreal, yeah, <laughs> summer house. Oh my gosh, yes, the relationship between Carl and Lindsay. I can't quite tell if it's real or not. Okay. Um, so I know you didn't get to fully watch uh, the episode this week, but yes. the big part of it was that Carl and Lindsay go on this date on Lindsay's the roof of her apartment building in New York City. And they play a game where they ask each other questions and then drink a mini bar size fireball. And as they get more intoxicated, their emotions get a little bit crazy. And Carl opens up about his um, commitment issues due to his father cheating on his mother. But in Mm -hmm. all fairness, like the divorce happened a couple years ago and he appears to have had commitment issues for multiple years. (laughs) Right, right. And Lindsay kind of points out, like, this is an excuse. 
you're just not addressing your problems. You right. know, you're using it as an excuse and you're like not working through it kind of. But she's not very articulate about how she says that. And he mm-hmm. gets super angry and demands she apologize. And they like then she yells about being yelled at. She's like, I hate being yelled at, blah, 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 you know, and they're back and forth. And then they take a break from each other and then they come together. They apologize and move forward. Um, I can't tell like if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. Like, are they acting did they always kind of want to hook up but waited until the summer because they knew it would make good TV? Like, I wouldn't put anything past Lindsay. What do you think? Yeah, I'm unclear on this relationship. I don't really think they have any chemistry. Like, I don't I don't pick up on any of it through my TV. I am behind on Summer House right now because, honestly, I'm not super gripped. Like, I would like Paige and Hannah to just have, like, a spinoff where they go on, like, yes. a cross-country road trip. You know yes. what I mean? Like, they're my favorite part. The Giggly Squad. I want to see what the Giggly Squad is up to. They're so funny. So now there's this new girl, Jules, who is right. obsessed with Paige, and it gets obsessed. more intense. Really? Yeah, it's starting to scare me. But then um, Jules opens up about her her dad dying when she was in high school and how oh, she shit. had to, like, pull it together and, like, not be sad to, like, be strong for her family and mm-hmm. how she basically never cries. Oh, which no. also seemed like, oh, my gosh, girl, please go to therapy. Like, work through that. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't know why she's so tied to Paige, but it's it's odd. And mm-hmm. then what else is – oh, Danielle is super uncomfortable with Carl and Lindsay dating. Oh, okay, because last week when Lindsay, like, revealed it to her, she, like, laughed, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. But Danielle is, like, not okay with it. She's definitely Shit. not okay with it. And then if she makes any kind of, like, comment about how it's weird, Lindsay screams at her. Okay, well, that's dumb. It's like, Lindsay, you signed up for this. Like, you knew exactly what you were doing when you and Carl started hooking up. Obviously, your friend who used to date him and was really hurt by him is going to have an issue. You can't be mad at her for having an issue. But I also think for Danielle, she's like, oh, the three of us were just platonic friends, and now you guys are going off and I'm alone. I think it's more that. I don't think she cares about people dating Carl. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that does suck, but also it's like, it seems kind of inevitable. I think any like group of friends that's only three people, like it's a dangerous dynamic because it's an odd number. Everyone needs their person. Yeah. It's very, the whole thing is very odd. There's a little yeah. bit more Hannah Luke flirting and her putting boundaries up. And then Amanda and Kyle are having intimacy issues. I have no idea why they're still together. <laughs> they are the darkest couple of all time. I like the the vibe of their relationship is like very Vanderpump Rules adjacent. Yes. Um, and I don't yeah, no no fucking shit they're having intimacy issues. They're terrible to each other. Like I don't get it. They just have very different vibes. She is not a hustler at all. Right. And he never seems to calm down. Like, he seems like he's someone who doesn't eat a lot of sleep. He, You know what I mean? And he's just, right. like, always on the go. And I would be I would be a little bit like her in that I wouldn't want to be busy all of the time. Same. You know, at the same time, I can see where he's coming from where, like, she doesn't break down her boxes. Like, if right. you live in, a, like, a city with a small apartment, you can't just leave, like, Amazon boxes empty around your apartment like that would drive me I I would kill the person I live with 
For sure. No, <laughs> it's I mean, like break sorry, down also, your boxes and freaking take them out to the recycling. You oh, know? for sure. Um, also, sorry, my cat is being very vocal all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think I completely understand both sides because, yeah, I feel like Kyle's so intense 100% of the time and she's just like, give me space, give me a second to breathe. But also like she the way at least that she's being edited just comes off as very like passive and kind of just like meh about everything. And so, yeah, I think their energies and their like desires just don't seem aligned. So like obviously this isn't going great right now. I and like I th- who oh, wants to have sex with someone that they don't feel like they can emotionally right. connect with, That's you know, totally it. And for me, if I were Amanda, I would be like, wow, okay, there's most of the year we are not filming. Therefore, right. let's take time when we're not filming to like go to couples therapy and like figure stuff out for ourselves so that by the time we're on camera, we're in a better place and like people see the best of us. But right. I guess like this is reality TV and we all have seen relationships that are very similar to both Carl and Lindsay and to Kyle and Amanda. Like we've all and- either been in these relationships or seen friends and family in these relationships. But to watch it from the outside, it's it's painful. It is painful. I mean, that's like the thing is I love like we don't watch reality TV for everything to be perfect, but there is part of me that like on a human level, I'm just like, I just want everyone to figure it out. Like it's hard, like it's hard to watch. It is. It is. Oh, well, we're getting kind of towards the end. wanted to know if you had any final thoughts on any of like what you're looking forward to in the season of Vanderpump mm-hmm. or potentially Summer House. We already talked a bit about New Jersey. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to always looking forward to more Paige and Hannah on Summer House. I think Luke is kind of boring. So like, you know, if he ends up being Hannah's love interest, I know she's going to be carrying most of that storyline. But like he's hot. So it's whatever. As far as Vanderpump Rules goes, I'm excited to see how this pastor thing continues to happen as far as the wedding goes. And then I'm kind of excited for the wedding to be over. Um, and I want to see Stassi and Bo's engagement. Like I'm cheesy. I, I do. I'm at a place in my life where I have a lot of fun looking at like wedding and bridal things. So, like I'm excited to see how that goes down. Me too. I very much yeah. like Bo. He's a one of the actually we should end with this. One of the funniest pieces like things in this week's episode was when Jax told the guys that uh, him and Britney's wedding song. Yes. <laughs> You're still the one by Shania Twain. And oh my God. like both thought it was a joke and kept going with it as if it was a joke. And then Jax uh-huh. is like, no, that, that that's our wedding song. <laughs> I know. So and look at Bo's face. God. He was like, surely you're joking. Like he could not process that that was actually like a conscious choice that they had made. Like, let's choose a song about a couple where there's been infidelity and they stay together. I know. And Bo's like, the one thing we're not allowed to talk about is literally written in the lyrics of that song. And they're like choosing to play it at their wedding. It was wild. It was really wild. So I'm so appreciate, though, that Bo said that we're not allowed to talk about because it's very clear that the people who are on the inside of the group follow the rules and yeah. scream literally at anyone that breaks that mold. Right. Right. Oh, so I crazy. know I appreciated him. Yeah. Like low key shading the fact that they chose that song. And I also appreciated Stassi like calling them stupid in her own polite Stassi way. 
so funny. She was like, their brains just don't, they, um, they don't always take time to think about things. I was like, <laughs> I was like, Stassi, your friends are dumb. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. where can everyone find you on social media and your podcast? Um, well, thank you so much for having me. First and foremost, this was so fun. It was so, so fun, fun to kiki with you about all this Bravo. I loved it. Um, you guys can follow me at Hannah A. Brown. The A is very important. Otherwise, you're going to get Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette. So it's Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. And then my podcast is called Brown Eyed Junicorn, J-E-W-N-I-C-O-R-N. And it's a pop culture podcast, but I usually talk about Bravo too. So head on over and listen. Yay. Thank you so much for being on. I can't wait to um, continue chatting and then hopefully see you when I come out to L.A. Yes, later this year. Yes, in August. We'll, yes. we'll have a whole like Vanderpump bar crawl. <laughs> Ryan Bailey has said he's bringing us to Tom Tom. I'm going with some oh. of my girlfriends and one of them's yes. a teacher. So she only has off in parts of August. So we're just like going to go and just live our best like pump rules life. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait to be present for some of it. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm back to talk about Atlanta. So on last week's episode, we saw Kenya get extremely messy by bringing the cookie lady, as she is called, uh, to lunch with Tanya. And the cookie lady had alleged that Tanya's fiance was being very flirty with her one night. And so the cookie lady shares what happens But uh, she comes across rather thirsty, pretty obnoxious, and Tanya really holds her own. So props to Tanya. Now, Cynthia is frustrated that Kenya was being so messy and brought her into all of this um, by letting Tanya know that the cookie lady talked to both Kenya and Cynthia together. Um, Cynthia did end up talking to Tanya about it. But um, Kenya was just very frustrated and Cynthia was frustrated and they ended up starting this episode by talking about what happened. You know, Cynthia was like, hey, Kenya, what you did wasn't cool. But like always, she forgives her friend's messiness. Now, then we see this really interesting and somewhat manipulative scene between Cynthia and Nini. So Nini is back this episode. She hasn't been on many episodes this season. I don't know why they didn't just make her a friend of. Obviously, she probably would never have agreed to that contract. But you can tell on social media that she is rather frustrated that she hasn't been in as many scenes. But she doesn't have any genuine real friendships with any of the women. So I don't know why she would be on the show anymore. It is, it's pretty painful to watch. So we saw her apologize to Ava, apologize um, just ever so slightly to Candy. And now she's trying to get back in Cynthia's good graces. But of course, she's not willing to admit that she's ever done anything wrong. So... They get together at Cynthia's wine cellar, and Nini clearly just doesn't want to take any of the blame for their friendship imploding, and is very fixated on Cynthia having called her a toxic friend. Now, Cynthia points out to Nini that, like, Nini has said horrible things 
horrible things too. You know, it's a back and forth. Nini absolutely freaks out, starts crying, walks outside, and Cynthia, as always, and she even mentions it in her conventional, has to go out and run after Nini. Now, I can't stand those friends that get upset, and when they get upset, they run away, and then they expect you to follow them. Um, You know, it can happen every once in a while, but if it's a constant way that they handle confrontation, um, it definitely frustrates me. So then it's back to Cynthia comforting and calming Nini, the one who's really been pretty horrible to her. And she has to affirm Nini's feelings, and but she gets no support or affirmation in return. And to me, like this is the definition of a toxic friendship where only one person is willing to take blame for anything. The other person can never do any wrong. Anything that happens in their life that goes wrong is never their fault. And so they blame everyone else around them, including their friends. So I agree with Cynthia that her relationship with Nini was very toxic. Then later in the episode, Nini holds some sort of jungle brunch for women entrepreneurs, but it's very, very confusing because she comes about two and a half hours late and there's all these women there and nobody knows who they are, at least none of the other housewives know. Ava shows up with Cynthia and is starting to go into labor at least a month, if not more, early. Um, so they call actually Dr. Jackie, who tells you know Ava that she has to get to the hospital. So we'll see this next week what happens um, with the birth. Um, she's about one and a half centimeters dilated by the time she gets to the hospital, but you know wants the baby to stay in a little bit longer. Um, so then back to the brunch. Everyone except for Candy and Tanya is incredibly late. Kenya shows up when she realizes that Nini's not there, and she knows Nini. She knows Nini's not just going to be 10 minutes late. So after seven minutes, Kenya gets up and walks out of the brunch. She's like, you know what? Good for her. You know, time is valuable, and showing up late is really just being disrespectful of somebody else's time. And Nini showed up two and a half hours late. I I don't even know how, like, is this a thing just on Atlanta? Because I feel like... You know, whenever anyone's late in California, it's usually due to traffic or when people are late, I don't know, in other cities. It's just this is excessive. And um, Marlo and Portia arrive even later than Nini, which is just so funny. I bet Portia, part of why she's late is maybe she wasn't even sure if she was going to come, but she does come. And then Nini has the audacity to complain that Portia was late which is just this whole thing. I think I'm at the point, and I have been for a while, where I don't think we need Nene Leakes on this franchise anymore. She has gotten too egotistical. She is very incredibly narcissistic in a way that's not endearing. She is not Ramona Singer. Um, And it's just not fun to watch. And she doesn't have any real relationships with any of the housewives anymore. So it's like, why are you still on this show? And I think production has been holding on to her for a very long time because she helped made the show, but like, or make the show. But 
you know, I just, I feel like we're at a point where we're ready to say bye to Nini. We've got Portia, who can just handle things as a queen bee herself. And many of the OGs have taken a step back. And I think Bravo production and the execs at Bravo are starting to realize that these shows should not be entirely dependent on someone who's been in the original cast. So they've said bye to Vicky. They've said bye to Tamara. Maybe it's time to say bye to Nini. Those are my thoughts. That and she's an incredibly toxic friend. Oh, I was going to talk briefly also about Mike Hill um, and what happened in the previous episode where Cynthia goes to visit him in California and his daughter is there and they have a party for all of Mike's friends, almost all of whom are women. And they talk about how he's a bit unfaithful in almost every relationship he's ever been at, but something is different with Cynthia, although she's like, what's different about me? You can tell she's a little bit nervous about it, but at least he's owning it. And apparently he even wrote a book about what a jerk he was. So he's talking basically about what I assume would be this girl's mother, so one of his other wives, and It's just not, it doesn't seem to go over well. They make a lot of sexual jokes. They talk about how him being unfaithful, how he never really was in love until now, which must be really hard for the daughter to hear, to think, wow, my father was never in love with my mother. Like, even how they made me, like, that was that not love? And that she ends up crying, and she goes to her room and cries. And Mike and Cynthia follow her, and I feel like as someone, you know, I'm not a child anymore, but I am getting a stepmother soon. Um, I wouldn't want the new woman to, like, come in the room when I was upset. I would want only my parent to come in. And I feel like it just, Cynthia should have given more space. They shouldn't have filmed it. Um, I just feel like they're not being very respectful of Mike Hill's daughter. You know, she didn't really ask for this. And uh, I don't know. It, the whole thing just rubbed me the wrong way. I feel like uh, Cynthia and Mike, I'm glad that they have a very healthy sex life, but they should not talk about that kind of stuff in front of the kids. It's uncomfortable. It's not funny. And throwing it in the kid's face that they're in love and that he was never in love with the other women just doesn't seem like something they should be doing around children that were produced out of those relationships. But that's just my opinion. I'm sure some of you may feel differently. As always, thank you for listening. I love to hear from you. Please follow me on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. Um, and on Twitter, I'm at Mandy Slutsker. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe to Is This Real Life if you enjoyed this podcast. Um, really, really appreciate you guys listening. Love hearing from you. Have a wonderful week. the trail check order takeout check schedule heart checkup done we've all adapted to a new way of living keep your health care on schedule with johns hopkins medicine where your health and safety are our highest priorities we're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across maryland and the greater washington region 
your health. Our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.